Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the new Google Podcasts app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Northern California, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who is an original member of the popular band Pablo Cruz. He has also performed with Southern Pacific and more recently with the American classic Hitmakers. He has recorded with many music industry greats such as Jefferson Starship, Huey Lewis, and the Doobie Brothers, to name just a few. He has connections to the guest on each of the last two episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment that we will talk about today. You've been hearing a Pablo Cruz classic called Love Will Find a Way. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Dave Jenkins. Hey, Bruce. How's it going? Good, Dave. Great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on NHTE. We always start off the show by having the guest talk about the song of theirs that we played during the intro, but gosh, Love Will Find a Way. That song is 40 years old this year. Can you remember that song first coming together, Dave? What memories do you have of of that release and the great success that it had? Yeah, that's funny. Um, We worked on, we were working on the World's Away album, and we were working in a studio in Los Angeles. It was actually a garage studio. This guy built a really nice studio in, in bet- between his garage and part of the house. Huh. And then we also worked in, in Sausalito at the record plant. And I, had, I remember Corey and I wrote all the songs in those days. And, and um, I had uh, Corey being our keyboard player. And uh, I had the front end of this song, uh, the chordal thing on the front end of the song. And we didn't, we're trying to figure out where to, where to go with it, you know, where to take it for the chorus. And, hmm. and then uh, we just, uh, Corey came up with a part of the, you know, the, the chorus, and then, and then uh, we just married the two pieces together and just started formulating the song. I think that was at the record plan, actually. I think we were putting that together in Sausalito. But, yeah, it was like one of those collaborative efforts. And that song... Man, it just it just continues to to be there. I'm so thankful for it. You know, it was one of those fun songs with a with a good message and uh, and it and you know really nice lyric and just quarterly and structurally just a great song. No doubt, and hallelujah. It, 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 <laughs> it, yeah, I was going to say it has stood the test of time. When you when you were talking about the collaboration, was it we would both contribute lyrics and melody, or were one of you doing the lyrics and the other the melody, or what what did that look like back then? No, we both we both you know worked on everything. You know, it was like a real a real joint collaborative effort between me and Corey to write the best things we could come up with, and um, we'd try different melody ideas and different. You know, we'd work on different lyric ideas, but we'd work together on stuff. I mean, sometimes we'd go off, and and I'd, there were times that I wrote lyrics by myself, you know, on some songs, and and he did too. But we generally got together on everything. It was uh, a pretty honest collaboration. 
Well, when you wrote that song, you know, I've I've asked a couple guests here and there over the four and a half years of this show about someone who writes a hit song, and, you know, you can never tell which one is going to be a hit. But I guess, Dave, with all your years in the business, is there really ever a real absolute, no, there, there is a difference, Bruce, you know, that you do get a gut feeling when, when it is going to be the one, or is it, they're all, they're all the songs you write are on a roulette wheel. <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, um, I remember like on the place in the sun album before love will find a way we had a hit with what you're going to do. And she says goodbye. And I remember, yeah. I, I remember a time when we were in a room with a couple of the record company, suits and they you know the execs and they were talking about oh let's release this or let's release this and i remember definitely saying what you're going to do is the one you need to go with that song is has wow. all the earmarks of of a hit record to wow. me and and um i think they went with something else first like i think they went with um a place in the sun first and i said well what you're going to do is going to be the one you'll see and they released it, and it turned into it turned into our highest highest charting hit. <laughs> so I was right about that. What were those earmarks that you saw in that song? What what did you feel? Well, the the groove was undeniable. the The melody was really strong. It had a real band feel to it. It had a unique um, identity that song did, and uh, uh, and then it had some really cool playing. A very tricky guitar solo that it's interesting in all these years that that thing has been available online i've heard some pretty some pretty funny attempts at playing <laughs> that that uh guitar solo online you know you go out and you look for you look for that song and and people you know people offer up their best their best interpretation of playing that solo guitar players you know it's always funny to watch that. Yeah, the key word there being interpretation. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, I spend a lot of time in Nashville. My wife is from Nashville, and uh, she's a singer and writer and artist from there, and I think you've talked to her. And uh, Jamie Kyle's her name. But anyway, since going to, to Nashville, I've met a lot of musicians there, and all of them, all the musicians that I've bumped into over the years really appreciated Pablo Cruz because of the musician musicianship in that band. And nice. uh that's to me is a real that's a real neat thing that that you know great players have always appreciated those songs and the and the playing within them. Yeah, kind of and cool. I th- and I think what I was getting at with what you're going to do when I asked you what did you see in it is Listeners, if you're listening to this show because you're an up-and-comer and you're trying to get advice from the guests every week, I don't want to discourage you. But Dave, I'm sure you see it all the time. A young songwriter who thinks every other song they write, this is going to be the one. No, this one's a hit. This one is solid. This one is is really great. And so that's why I wanted you to kind of speak to those folks and say why you had that gut feeling that what you're going to do was going to do what it did, because I, I think it is easy to, to get a little too prideful in the songs that one writes and say, this one's really going to take off when it's like, look, you got to write a lot, a lot, a lot of songs to, to get the one or two that's really going to do what, what some of the I think you do now. Do. I think you got to be immersed in it. I think you you got to be, you know, putting your best effort forward every time. And it's just unbelievable how much competition there is these days mm. to... Um, to get over with a song, uh, I wouldn't want to be starting out today 
It's mm. just uh, it's a different world than from what I started in. I mean, that was 40 years ago, or 40 years, man. It's just amazing, <laughs> or more. You know, our band's been together for almost 45 years, I think, maybe more. Amazing. Since, uh, I mean, we initially put the band together in 70. And initially, Corey and Steve and I got together in 73. <laughs> and then we really got things off the ground around 75 or 76. And, um, God, man, that, that time went by, didn't it? <laughs> well, and in fact, Pablo Cruz has been playing all over lately. Over the last couple months alone, the band has performed from out there in California to down here in Florida, places in between like Utah, Maryland, Virginia, Illinois. Yeah. What's yep. it like putting together the set list for a band that has been around as long as Pablo Cruz? For example, since we were just talking about Love Will Find a Way, is it an absolute <laughs> slam dunk that, yes, we will play that one, and yes, we have to play What You Gonna Do And She Says Goodbye, or do you mix some Pablo Cruz standards in and out now and then? Well, we we, we got to play those hits, you know, and we enjoy playing them. I mean, I love kicking those songs off. And Don't Want to Live Without It was another... Uh, uh, hit for Pablo Cruz back in those days, and that one always gets people dancing. I mean, there's just something funky about it that, that gets them going. Uh, this, the, the Peter Allen song, one of the songs we did not write, uh, a song called I Go to Rio, is has always been a very fun uh, party classic, you know, and, and um, so that one, when we kicked that off, people are always up in their you know, up on their feet and they start conga lines and start you know, <laughs> carrying on like it's a party. And then that's a good thing. And then there's other songs in the set that uh, there's a song that, that kind of an acoustic format, um, raging, a song called Raging Fire, our, our Love is Like a Raging Fire. And that one, that one always seems to work and, and it's early in the set, you know, with a little mellower, kind of an Eagles type tune. Uh, there's uh, and then place in the sun, of course, is another classic that yeah. Pablo Cruz does. Yeah, I mean we do have we do have a, a list of songs that that people are familiar with, and and you know people come to me after this show and they say you know they say stuff like God I forgot how many hits you guys have, you know I, I remember when you guys kicked those songs off I remembered them but I had forgotten about them you know that kind of thing, and uh, it is a it is a really good band. Our, this band right now is, uh, geez, it, it could be the best Pablo Cruz we've ever had. I mean, wow. and everybody's playing consistently and singing consistently. And it, that's the thing at this point in this age, you know, be it golf or, uh, you know, certain other things that you do all your life, you get, you get more consistent at it, right? And, and for us, playing and singing has become that thing where we where we really want to deliver a consistent show but it's not to say we don't have you know it's it's different it's not it's not consistency doesn't doesn't mean that it's the same every time uh there's always something going on in our show that's you know that never happened before you know that's that's fresh and new and i i like that about it well yeah and so. it's a it's the fact that you're getting the reps as they say that that make you all so solid and that you've been playing with each other for so many years. And I, th I think what you're also saying is other side projects that, that guys are playing with that, you know, no one is picking up the guitar, the bass, the insert instrument here for the first time in 10 months. Everybody's playing regularly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's playing all the time. And that's, 
that's a great thing. And singing all the time. I mean, it's important. I mean, Jamie and I, my wife and I sing around here, and we work on songs all the time together. And and like yesterday, we went to a, a friend's birthday party, and we said, well, let's take our guitars. We'll play a few songs for her. That'll be our, that'll be our gift. And, oh, my God, I just got an email from her. She was She totally loved it. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, that we dropped in and played a few songs, you know. Well, what are some of the big differences between when you were touring back in the 70s and 80s versus when Pablo Cruz tours now? And I'm talking about not only differences, but advantages, things that up-and-coming performers should realize that they should take advantage of, that they have available to them in in the 21st century. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm, I'm not sure. As far as up-and-coming, the things that you can take advantage of, I think there's... Uh, there's a lot of places that that make you pay to play, you know, for up and coming artists. It's like, yeah, you got you have to you have to bring a certain size audience to our venue or you can't play here. I've heard of that happening. Yeah. And that's like that doesn't happen with us because we're established, you know, and and praise God for that. But <laughs> uh as far as you know, things that hmm, I'm not sure what your question means. Well, you know, initially when I thought of that question, I was thinking of something as simple as the way that you used to travel to the shows, but maybe it's something like the technology that's changed that makes it so much easier to record your shows, whether that's video, whether that's audio, whether it's both. I just yeah. I just think that a lot of up-and-comers, Dave, see they see the struggle side of it when they don't realize that they have a lot of advantages that bands didn't have when they were touring in oh, the that's 70s true. and 80s. I mean honestly even from from just learning uh from from beginning students, you know, people I mean when I was learning to play guitar, uh, you know, I had a record player that I would have to lift the needle and and put it on get it as close to the section that I was working on uh, as yeah. I could yeah. and then play along with it. And then when it when it was done, but do it again, you know. And I, I wore those grooves out on the old records, you know. Um, nowadays, you know, you've got these things you can actually slow down the the tempo of the thing you're studying, and you can get it note for note, you know. And it's like we didn't have that advantage. But at this age, one of the things that we have for travel that that, you know, up-and-comers don't have is the private jet. I mean, if we don't do a gig that we can use our private jet, we're not going to do the gig, you understand? No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I wish. But occasionally we have the private jet, and that's a very that's a very nice thing. That's the way rich folks do it. But uh, that's only because our drummer is, is, a, is a flying student. And, uh, ah. Oh, yeah, it's great. He's um, He's been going for his license, and he's been hanging out with a couple of corporate pilots that, uh, you know, every so often we get, we get to take the, have the advantage of taking the, the private jet to, wow. you know, for our weekend travel, which wow. is, it's expensive, but it sure is luxurious. Well, and I'll throw one out there myself. Back in the day, Pablo Cruz appeared on all kinds of television shows. However, if you'd wanted to see how things looked at a typical Pablo Cruz concert, you had to have a crew out there filming it. Nowadays, if you're playing a gig somewhere, you can bring your iPhone, for example, oh, or, yeah, or just a exactly. small little HD well, camera and, and that's fact, the size of your hand. Now here's and, something else that everybody in the audience has got their iPhones up, and it's like, I, I don't understand that, because when I go to a concert, I, the last thing I want to do is stand there and look through a 
three-inch screen at what's going on. I, I want to be in the moment and, and just listen to the concert and watch it. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of people that, that video what you're doing. So with that in mind, you better be good because it's going to end up on YouTube. Ah. And, and that's, that in itself is, is a drag. I, I, think, I, I don't think it should be legal to just post anything on public media uh, just because you you know you captured it on your phone, but that's that's where it's at these days. You know, everybody's up against that. So if you if you're making any mistakes on your performance, people are going to see it. Well, not know? to mention the spin that people put on things. It could be something as routine as a string breaking on a guitar, but somebody wants to put it on YouTube as guitarist string breaks during most oh, yeah. popular song. It's right. like, it's not a bad thing. It happens. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, where did things stand with you as far as recording these days, whether it's Pablo Cruz or any other projects? Or are you at a point now where you strictly want to just play live shows? Well, I would... Uh, I love to play live shows, and but I enjoy recording. And Jamie and I get into some things here, at, you know, at our at our home studio. And then if I get a, if I get an idea that I really want to get down, I, I I get into it. You know, I'll I'll definitely record it. I, unfortunately, I didn't get into the engineering end of things like some guys did, and I think that's a mistake. I think it's really important. You talk about taking advantage of all the you know, the options that we have, I think it's really a great thing to learn all these engineering aspects and, and you know, Pro Tools, all that stuff. I just never got into it. I I got one of those little Korg Studio in a box thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's like a 16-track, you know, recorder. Yeah. With, that I, and I've gotten, I've made some pretty cool, you can get broadcast quality stuff out of that, but it's not quite as thorough and uh and uh, you can't do as much on it uh as you can with a real pro tools setup you know sure. it's funny because i i um i've worked on garage band a lot i i take surf trips with two buddies from high school oh. uh, we used to surf together as kids in florida and we everybody continued surfing and so in the springtime we we go to Central America and, uh, you know, just take a, a week or 10 days and just go surfing. Uh-huh. And, uh, but we also take a, take a computer. I'll take a couple of instruments down. I'll take a, I, br- I bought a Squire uh, Stratocaster that I can take the neck off on and stick in my suitcase. Wow. And then reassemble it when I get down there. And, uh, you know, bring an acoustic or a bass and we'll bring a keyboard down and, and we've made, We've made all these uh, records of our surf trips, and they're they're just silly songs. <laughs> we take old songs and write surf lyrics to them, and it's a lot of fun. But but the Garage Band format is pretty amazing, really. What you can do on on that is for and for capturing ideas, it's a pretty useful tool. Well, and you just mentioned another advantage that exists nowadays that wasn't around in the '70s, which is being able to take the neck off of a guitar so you could travel. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Well, actually, strats have been built like that for a long time, um, and you know, it's it's that's a pretty simple thing. Just pull it off, stash it in your suitcase, and then put it back together when you get there. There you go. Uh, I actually d- I did that recently with my with my 
performing guitar. I've got a custom shop Strat that I, but I wanted to take my acoustic guitar with me back to Nashville, and you can, you can only carry one, and you're damn sure not going to put it in baggage. Those yeah. goons will wreck anything. Yeah. So uh, I I put it in my suitcase, but I wrapped you know I bubble wrapped it really well, and it traveled just fine in my suitcase. Nice, nice. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of recording, listeners, Dave is one of those music industry veterans that has been around the scene since the early days of Tascam, who offers all kinds of recording solutions, regardless of whether you're a hobbyist, just starting your first EP or album, or if you're a regular in the studio and on the road. I've mentioned before about their new digital multi-track recorder. It's great for both studio and live applications. It's the Tascam Model 24, because it's a 24-channel multi-track recorder with an integrated USB audio interface and analog mixer. Check it out, as well as loads of other recording solutions at Tascam.com. If you're doing recording and production, you definitely want to check out their full line of gear, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. And listeners, I mentioned in the intro that Dave has connections to the guest on the past two episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment, as you heard him say, and this was last week's guest, singer, songwriter, guitar player, Jamie Kyle, his wife. She's had a heck of a career of her own. Dave, she and I didn't even talk about it then, but is it a foregone conclusion that your music careers played a role in how the two of you met? Mm, In a way. um, I was on tour with the Doobie Brothers back in the the late 70s, and we played in... Uh, North Carolina, I think it was, and um, I was one. I was wandering. I was staggering back to my room <laughs> in the hotel, and there was this young girl in the hallway, and and uh, I said, "What are you doing out here?" She was really young, you know, and I. She she said, "Well, my friend disappeared, and I'm I'm I've got nowhere to go and no way to get any get home or anything." So I said, "Well, you can stay in here. You'll be you'll be fine in here, you know." And I'm I'm looking at this kid like. Boy, treat her like your sister, because this, this, yeah. this is just a kid. And uh, so we talked for a little while, then I passed out. And the next, the next day, she was long gone, and I just got up and went off, got on the bus, and went to the next gig. You know, and and huh. uh, never thought much about it. And then nine years ago, I got a call from this friend of mine, who was the wife of a drummer that I play with, and she said. Uh, Oh, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm down in Santa Cruz with a friend of mine, and we're uh, hanging out, a little, seeing my daughters and this and that. You see her say hi to my friend. And so I, I, I hear this voice go, I always wanted to thank you for being so nice to me. Oh, you gosh. Know, yeah, back in, you know, this was like 38 years ago. Uh, wow. Um, and And she said... Yeah, I've been coming to Marin County for years. I love it up there, and I'm going to be up there in a couple of days. And I said, well, shh, let's get together and say hi at least. So we got together, and two days later, and it was Jamie, and we haven't been apart since. We got married, I don't know, seven years ago. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah. Wow, what a yeah. story. What a story. So, yes, as far as the music business being part of our our relationship, yeah, because I was out touring, and uh, and she was just getting started in the music business, really, and as a writer and singer player. That's, she's got a great voice. I mean, she's amazing. really got a, a cool thing. I, I urge any of your listeners to check her out if they can. Jamie Kyle, J-A-I-M-E, Kyle. Yeah, just go online and look for that. Yeah, and listeners, just go back and listen to my interview with Jamie from last week. And listen to episode 196. I interviewed 
Chad Cromwell. He's the drummer on the Joe Walsh tour. And his story rivals the, the great story that Dave just told about how he met Jamie. I'm talking about Chad with his original drum kit and how that went over the years. I don't want to spoil it, but that's what your story oh, wow. reminded me of. Really, really cool. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is want to boost your social media following? Set an attainable goal, a target number that you want to hit or a certain number of new followers that you would like to get for each month and then implement a strategy around that. This will give you accountability plus, and here's the real meat of this bonus, it will lead toward posts you can put up, such as, thank you for helping me hit X number of followers when you reach a new plateau. When you start getting good at this and are consistently hitting your target, raise the goal to challenge yourself further and thus develop a bigger following along the way. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Let's see how we do here with this. Last week, when I talked to Jamie, we again saw what a small music world it is. We were able to make a connection to Sass Jordan, who is the guest on episode 223 of the show. So Dave, in your case, I'm going to put my money down on the guest from the week before that. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that you know him. That was Scott Page, who has played with the likes of Pink Floyd, Supertramp, and Toto, among others. You know Scott? I do not know Scott Ooh, Page. Wow. Okay. No, nope, never met him. That's interesting. Why did you think I knew him? It just seems like the two of you would have maybe traveled in the same circles. I'm thinking the same thing with Mark Shulman. He he's the drummer on tour with Pink right Love now. Mark. But... Mark is one of my favorite all time drummers and favorite guys. There what a go. positive force that guy there is. There you go. Listeners, Mark Shulman was on episode two thirty eight. He has performed with Cheryl Crow, Stevie Nicks, Cher, Foreigner. A lot of others, and as I said, he's the drummer Pink, on tour with Pink. He currently plays with Pink. Yeah. He's a riot, man. What a fun guy to hang out with. Another guy I hung out with recently was uh, Kenny Aronoff, oh. another great drummer. Um, I work with David Pack from Ambrosia now and then. Uh, we're longtime buds, and and, uh, and David had uh, Kenny on a, on a gig we did in Colorado, and oh, my God, we just got along famously. And nice. Immediate laughs, you know. That's what's great about this this business. All these guys have been around for so long, and they're all they're all of like minds when it comes to humor and the the uh, the idiocy of being on the road, you know. And and uh, it's it's real easy to relate to most of them. Well, this will play perfectly into you saying about how every, everybody gets connected like that. The reason that I played that little game of do you know this person is because right. you are someone who truly embodies the spirit of collaboration. You didn't put all your eggs in the Pablo Cruz basket, even though it did end up coming full circle with them after all. But in the meantime, you also had success with Southern Pacific, with RPM, 
There was a Hawaiian artist, too. Nowadays, you even play with the American classic hit makers. What is the key to getting so well connected in the music business to where there's that much work out there for someone like you to always get? Well, you know, the, I think for, for any of your listeners that are up and coming, you know, there's a lot of guys that can play really good guitar. They can shred like crazy. And, but, the, but shredding is just such a small part of what can be had. And I think songwriting and also singing, you, you, you like up your value so much if you can sing. And I think it's important for, for all these guys that, I mean, look at George Benson. The guy started out as a guitarist. He was a, he was a jazz guitar guy, right? But then suddenly he started singing and the whole world opened up to him. Um, there's been a few guys like that, you know, where they suddenly discover their voice. And I, I just urge all your young listeners to sing for, for a lot of reasons, you know, just for the joy of it, you know. But, but also it just uh, it, it triples your value as a as a musician. And I've always gone the other way and said, you know, all these young kids and and I think and this is my opinion, I think they're influenced by watching The Voice. I think they're influenced by watching American Idol and their parents push them into singing so early that I always say learn an instrument because singing is great, but you can do so much more. You're so much more marketable if you can play something, guitar, bass, keyboards, whatever it is. Absolutely. I'm not saying don't you know, don't uh, dedicate your studies to your instrument. I'm saying definitely do that, but also, you know, sing too, you know. I mean, that was the thing when I first started. It was acoustic music. Folk music is what I started with, you know. In Florida, I was playing an, uh, uh, playing an acoustic guitar. I had a, I had a uh, harmonica strapped around my neck, you know, and, uh, you know, and Bob Dylan was like the guy that I used to love to listen to. And, and uh, in those old days, you know, the early recordings of, of the old folk music and Woody Guthrie and stuff like that. And, and uh, I don't know, singing was important, you know. So I just urge everybody to do it all. Just do as much as you can. But you got to dedicate your time also to, to the, te- I mean, the, the technique and the, the technical aspects of playing an instrument. Yes, it, that takes a lot of time. Yeah, and I admire hearing you say that even after all these years, granted, you do have Jamie there and you and you both have musical careers, but it sounds to me like even around the house, you're picking up a guitar, you're, you're continuing to practice your trade regularly instead of just waiting till the next gig. And I'm always encouraging people. And I'm, I'm playing constantly because yeah. I, well, I enjoy it, you know, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the muse will pop something into my head that, you know, I can start formulating a lyric to, you know. There you go. I've got this idea going on right now that I, I, both Jamie and I need a new song, and so I'm, I'm trying to come up with a, a really good, funky, playable rhythm that we can sing to uh, and, you know, just make a really good groove happen and something clever over at the top of it lyrically. So that's, I was just doing that. Be, I was doing that before I called you, and then... And then uh, I was into it, and then I looked up at the clock and said, oh, shit, it's 9 o'clock. I better call. So, uh, Very yeah, cool. I'm constantly doing it. What else is there? Oh. You know? I mean, I could, you know, I could go sailing or go play golf or something like that, but this is accessible to me. Playing, playing music is, 
I just enjoy it. I just dig doing it, you know. And, how and I feel like I've been unbelievably blessed to be able to do it, even at my age, you know. And that's one of the things that I do want to tell the, the people that are thinking about doing this. As you get older, you really got to do it all the time. The vocal thing, the singing thing has to be constant because as you get older, it becomes a little more difficult to get the high <laughs> notes out and to keep your your um, voice and your the column of air supported, your your diaphragm supporting everything. And you really got to you got to do your work, you know, as you get older, because it's easy to to not uh, sing as well. You, you know, you can lose it. You can and and you you just have to work hard at, at keeping that that vocal thing. I, I I look at guys like Tony Bennett, and it's like, how the hell does he do it? He's like almost ninety or something, and he he's still singing his ass off. It's just and amazing. And how? Well, I mentioned back in the intro that you have recorded with the likes of Jefferson Starship, Huey Lewis, and the Doobie Brothers, among others. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn myself. What is the reason why a major act like those would have someone like a Dave Jenkins play on their song and or album? Now, I was going to say, but not go on tour with them, but you said you did tour with the Doobie Brothers. So I guess maybe another way to ask it would be, why wouldn't their normal guitar player just record those parts, since I would assume he's going to go on tour with them? I'm, I'm trying to understand oh, that. Wait, i got to clarify one thing. Um, when I said I was on tour with the Doobie Brothers, Pablo Cruz was opening shows for the Doobie Brothers. Okay. We were on tour with them. Okay. And I wasn't part of the Doobies band. Now, with Starship, I did join. I, I went into Starship's rehearsal one time uh, to say hi to the guys. I hadn't seen them in a while, and they were they were at the uh, at a rehearsal place in San Rafael, California, where I used to rehearse. And, and I just popped in to say hi and have a laugh, you know. And, and they, they said, hey, we need one more singer to go out with us. Do you want to... What are you doing? Are you, you're busy. And I, and I didn't have anything in front, right, coming up. So I, I said, yeah, man, let's do it. I'll, I'll join you. Wow. So I learned their songs and, and just, you know, as a backup singer. But we, boy, it was a, it was a rocking band and a great show. And <laughs> so that was fun, you know. And, and then I, I, um, I sang on, on, I don't know, one or two cuts on their, on one of their records. And, uh, and then the, also the drummer, Don Baldwin, sang on, uh, he sang on "What You're Gonna Do" when she says goodbye. Don yeah. was sang backups with it because okay. they just, you know, we just happened to be in the studio at the same time okay. at the record plant. Wow! wow. So we got, I, we, you know, we were putting the backups together, and I, we said, "Well, we could use one more voice." Hey, Don, come here, do this with us, you know, like that. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, so and it was the same thing for me. I was in the studio at the time, and 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 uh, they said, "Hey, sing this with us," you know, and and uh, Huey, same thing. I just happened to be around when they were working on one of wow. their songs. Wow. And, yeah, they just invited me to come and sing with them. Very so, cool. No big deal. Very cool. I'm talking today <laughs> with cool. singer, <laughs> songwriter, guitar player Dave Jenkins, an original member of the legendary band Pablo Cruz. Check them out online at pablocruz.com. They are on Facebook and Twitter as well. Keep up with the band to see where and when you can see them perform live. Also check out the Facebook page for the band American Classic Hitmakers, which Dave performs with too. Of course, there is lots of Pablo Cruz music available for purchase and download on iTunes and other online music retailers. Remember that on our show website, which is nhte.net, there are icons for social media platforms that you can engage with. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. Plus, you'll see a big button there that says join our Facebook group. Do engage through one or more of those. Say hello. Let me know where you listen from, how long you've been listening to the show. It really means really means so much to me to hear from a listener. Dave, normally I would have a note to myself here to drop in something about Boulder Creek guitars, but I know that you play Boulder Creek as well, so let me ask you to talk about them this time instead of me. Well, you know, we got to know um, Jeff. Uh, the Actually, he owns the company now. Um, and... I don't even remember how we met Jeff. Maybe at the music store. Maybe. Anyway, um, he showed me that Boulder Creek uh, dreadnought sized guitar, and and, and uh, I thought, well, this is an interesting design. I got to hear it. You know, I got to hear it plugged in. And man, the thing just really responded beautifully. Played great, and it was, uh, you know, a lot of thing. A lot of times, the acoustic guitar, you got to tweak them a little bit to get them to sound good. But Boulder Creek, he just kind of plug it in and it's ready to go it, and, and, and it was really a pretty consistent uh, sound and and uh, guitar that I could count on you know nice. so that's kind of cool yeah I, I, I enjoyed uh, getting to know Jeff and then get, he actually did we've done some gigs together he plays percussion and sing, he sings he sings and plays guitar but he also plays percussion but um, yeah the Boulder Creek line they're they're pretty pretty solid uh, company you should definitely check them out. And by the way, listeners, on episode 241, it was two weeks ago, I interviewed Jeff Stramitz, who is, as Dave is saying, a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and the president and CEO of Boulder Creek Guitars. So now you know what Dave's connection is to the guests from each of the last two weeks. Dave, on last week's episode, Jamie talked a bit about the business aspect of record deals but for the benefit of the listeners who are aspiring performers, this week I wanted to ask you about the change in the industry from the heyday of Pablo Cruz when there were LPs to nowadays when <laughs> there's barely CDs. It's predominantly digital. Well, what has that meant in terms of sales, particularly as it relates to a band where you've got to split what comes in with other band members as opposed to a solo act? Was there a larger share for each guy back in the day when there was no such thing as streaming on Spotify or downloads through iTunes? You know, it seemed like it was more accountable back then. You could, you could, uh, you could see where the money was going. Mm. Nowadays, if, if my kid said, I want to get into the music business, I would, I'd chop his fingers off. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's just crazy to, to, I mean, it just seems like you you could write a great song, but it's going to get it's going to get taken away from you before it has a chance to make any money. Spotify is bullshit. I just think nobody's making money on Spotify. I think it's a uh, I think it shouldn't be legal. I don't I don't I don't know how it, any of this stuff is going to work for for the betterment of the arts because it just disappears into into the internet and. I don't know. To get over nowadays, you got to have a kick-ass band, or you have to be a kick-ass artist with a great band, you know, and a great production behind you. And then, as far as the ones that are selling, actually selling CDs or getting, you know, the millions and millions of downloads. Yeah. I don't know. TV still important. Um, it's just it's just a really hard way to make a living. I just don't don't quite get how you get started in this business anymore. 
with what's going on because I'm not you know I'm not all that internet savvy you know I'm an old school guy and and I luckily got to do my music you know when the old school was still open <laughs> you know uh, nowadays is it's a different world and I'm not all that up on it so that's why I married Jamie. She's smart about that. Stuff. <laughs> That's not why I married her. But I was nice going to say that you know maybe you're better off being a solo act. That way you don't have to split what is a smaller pie these days with other band members. But let's face it, if you're a successful quote unquote solo act, Taylor Swift, name three players in her band. People would say, oh, I don't know any. I just know her. But she still has right. to pay those people. She still has to pay the whole Taylor Swift operation. So, you know, maybe... But, maybe... but Taylor Swift started out with millions of dollars. True. She had the backing of her dad. True. You know, and then they built on that. It's like, it's like how do you get rich in the wine industry? Well, start with a small fortune, <laughs> and then you can get rich. <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, she... I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious if there were any rags-to-riches stories in today's you know, internet music world. I don't know. Yeah. For those same listeners who are up and comers, is is there a moment in your career that you can think of that was both a real highlight, but at the same time was a teaching moment for you? Oh, man. Uh, gosh, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of those kind of moments. Um, I'm trying to think of anything comes to mind here uh and listeners i can buy dave some time by telling you pablo cruz if if you're young and, and you don't know the history we're talking about millions and millions of records sold worldwide and in a band that was on every and any tv show back in the day yeah and you know it was it was really something how it you know, we had the, the support of the record company. And the record company, you know, they, they were in it to develop artists and to sell records. And they, you know, they wanted, to, they wanted to promote the artists that they had signed because that meant money for them. They wanted to sell records, and that's where the money comes in, you know. And, and uh, it was really something seeing when we, when we the first time we, we got a, when what you're going to do hit, it was really something to watch it climb on the billboard charts, which is the charts that everybody watched back then, you know, that was the one that made, uh, really made the difference. And, uh, it was, it was amazing to, you know, from week to week coming in at, coming in at number 40 and then the next week getting up to number 30 with a bullet, you know, which Mm -hmm. was, meaning lots of activity, radio activity, and then calling different radio stations and saying, yeah, play our record, man, it's going to, we got a feeling it's going to go, you know, all this energy behind it. And it was very fun, very fun to watch these records climb the charts and to be part of that musical force that was, that was going on, you know, with, with all of these guys that are now friends of mine, you know, we were all making records and putting our best effort forward to do the, the, you know, to make the best records we could. And I don't know, it was a pretty magic time when you think about it. It sounds to me like you're saying that you were also able to see the benefit of the record label back then, that they would roll up their sleeves and, and say, come on, we got to help this thing get up the charts, as, as opposed to, That's here's true. your album, yeah. good luck. They had, a, they had, there was a reason for them to do that. You know, they, 
they had a vested interest in, in, in doing it. So, and sometimes it, it worked. Most of the time they worked for you. There were times that, you know, you'd see somebody else release something and they suddenly become maybe the, the, a, a more of a priority to the company. Um, those things did happen. But, yeah, those TV shows that you mentioned, that you know, they're, they're long gone now. Merv Griffin and Mike Douglas and Dinah Shore and yep. Kirshner's Rock Concert. We were on all of those. And, God, it was just amazing, the energy and the how much activity there was, you know, and things to do back then. It was really cool. Very fun time. I mean, I got a view of life that, you know, very few people get to have. And it's, I'm pretty grateful for it. Indeed, indeed. Well, we're going to close today with a song called Cruisin' on Hawaiian Time. Dave, before I let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Well, I I um, have spent a lot of time in Hawaii, and a, a friend of mine here in uh, Northern California uh, introduced me to one of Hawaii's favorite sons, a guy named Kapono Beamer, who had um, great success in Hawaii as a duo with his brother and they played slack key Hawaiian music and they also played kind of pop music songs and stuff and so he and I got together and started writing just just because we liked each other and we just <laughs> loved playing together and and uh this was about 19 oh gosh I guess 90 1992 or something 90 somewhere in there and uh, uh so we did a whole album and actually got nominated for a Hoku Award, which is like the, the Grammys in Hawaii. And uh, uh, I just had the greatest time making this record because I like to surf. So in the mornings I would surf, and then the afternoons and into the evenings we'd record, write and record all the time. Nice. So it was a fantastic couple of years that we spent putting that record together. Uh, yeah, and the record's called Cruising on Hawaiian Time, and this, this song that you're about to hear is called Cruising on Hawaiian Time. Nice. Well, Dave, really great to talk to you. Appreciate it. Thank you ever so much. My pleasure, Bruce. Glad you, glad you uh, made this available. It was fun. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Dave Jenkins. Check out pablocruz.com and then engage with the band on social media. Like their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter. Remember to also like the Facebook page for the American Classic Hitmakers. And, of course, purchase Pablo Cruz music through iTunes or other online music retailers. Keep up with the band online so you can see where and when you can go see them perform live. Again, I really mean it when I say that it is just so great to hear from listeners. Go to NHTE.net and then engage through one or more of the social media platforms that there are buttons for there. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even YouTube. Plus, like I mentioned before, there's a big button there that says join our Facebook group. Let me know where you listen from, how long you've been listening to the show, those types of things. Many thanks for listening to episode 243. We'll send you out today with another song. This is the one that Dave just talked about. It's called Cruising on Hawaiian Time. I know I should be working today. I know I got some bills to pay. But the sun is out and man, it sure feels fine. Oh, maybe I get something done. 
When I say goodbye to that setting sun But not right now I'm cruising on Hawaiian time Now life can be hard And times get rough And it's not like I I don't care enough But sometimes I got To give up my place in life So give me some sand Between my toes On a sunny beach Where nobody goes Hanging loose Cruising on Hawaiian Trying to recommend or advocate a self-defend A life of undirected motivation But I know I always do my best My mind is clear, my thoughts are fresh Whenever I'm returning from a long vacation So I'm relaxing, feeling fine This good life don't cost a dime And trouble Oh, somewhere way behind If you're willing to ride There's a rainbow outside So keep hanging loose Cruising on Hawaiian Just keep hanging 